morning, friends. We greet you this Monday morning from the radio pulpit. We're thankful for this another opportunity to come into your home, your place of listening with this uh, daily radio ministry. Uh, please pray for us. Today we'll be going to the book of John chapter 6. If you have a Bible and can follow along with us, let's go right into that service from the book of John chapter number 6. And I trust the message will be a blessing to your heart today. I'll ask you to stand as we read a few verses from the very lengthy chapter, one of the great chapters of the book of John. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. <coughs> All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Thank God. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord's blessing upon the reading of the Scripture. Brother Johnny Sheridan and Brother would you pray for us, please. Our emphasis this morning is the latter part of verse 37. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning on this cross, a precious promise from Jesus. He said, And them that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You ought to underline that verse. Sometimes the devil's going to come to you and say, Well, you didn't come in the right manner. He didn't say you had to come a certain way. You got to come. And the devil's going to say, Well, you didn't say the right words. It's not what comes from here, it's what's in here. And the devil will use a lot of things on you to confuse you and to make you doubt. But I'm glad for the promise of his word. The Bible said God cannot lie. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 4, he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. Look at the adjectives. They're exceeding. The promises of God are exceeding. And then he said they're great. And then he said they're precious. And I want to just focus today upon that thought, the precious promise from the Savior. And I trust that if you're here this morning and you are unsaved, that you will consider uh, this verse, and you'll take God at His word. Let me ask you this morning, has God ever lied to you? He never has. And if you have come to Him, not to me, and really not so much to the altar, but to Him, He'll save you today. He'll save you. you say, how do you know He wasn't? 
How many here has, has put that verse in the fact? How many know that verse to be true? Amen. Yes, sir. As a teenager, I came to him. And you know what? He didn't turn me away. He didn't cast me out. He gave me bread. And I'm no longer hungry. He gave me that water. And I'm no longer thirsty for the things of this world. Three thoughts I want to share with you this morning. First of all, I want to say here is a statement regarding divine sovereignty. Look at the first part of verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. May I say, I'm, though I don't understand all that that verse implies, I'm telling you, friend, that this is not a hit and miss proposition. God is in the business of saving sinners. And he said here, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Here we see a statement of divine sovereignty. In John 17, 2, he said that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Here in this verse we see uh, the foreknowledge of God. I like what Dr. Seidler said. He said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? And may I say, when you and I get to heaven, God's not going to look around and say, I didn't know you were coming. Oh, he knows. Now, we don't know who's going to be saved. Therefore, we're to preach the gospel to every creature. But God knows who is going to be saved. The Bible tells us in Acts 15 and verse 18, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. God knows. God's aware. God knows what's going on. He knows who's going to be saved. He knows who's not going to be saved. And those that are not going to be saved, it's going to be their fault, not God's fault. So here we see uh, the foreknowledge of God. You remember in John 4, the Bible tells us that, it made this statement, that Jesus must need Go through Samaria. Now the Jews and the Samaritans were at odds. And a Jew would, uh, would bypass, take a, the long way around to avoid going through the city of Samaria. But guess what? Jesus came through Samaria. He said he must need go through Samaria. Why did he do that? Not just for a shortcut, because he knew there was somebody there that was thirsty. He knew there's somebody there that needed a drink more than a Jacob's well that needed a drink of living water. And we find that he said he must need go through Samaria. He knew who she was. He knew what she needed. He knew where she was going to be at. And my friend, it wasn't in happenstance that that happened that day. What about Luke 10? The Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was up a tree. We don't know how many trees there were. It might have been a forest of trees. But I do not believe that Jesus went to every tree there. I wonder where he's at. Is he in that tree? It goes to my love. I mean, no, friend. 
Jesus knew exactly what tree Zacchaeus was up. He knew exactly where he was. Can I tell you, he knows who's here this morning. He knows your heart this morning. He knows what you're thinking this morning. He knows your condition. Jesus knew the tree that Zacchaeus is. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come on down, son. I'm going home with you today. I tell you, it's a blessed day when you take Jesus home with you. Amen. And so here we see a statement of divine sovereignty. Hey, can I tell you, friend, uh, this thing is not in happenstance. He said, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And the church was in the mind of God from the very beginning. He knows who's going to be saved. Look at verse 36. He said, that ye also have seen me and believe not. Their unbelief did not hinder what God was doing. In Acts 28, verse 24, the Bible says there regarding Paul's ministry and his preaching, it said, some believed and some did not. So preachers, when you preach, just remember, some going to believe and some's not going to believe. And that should not discourage us. The same principle that was applicable in Jesus' day. It was applicable in John's day. It was applicable in Paul's day. Some are going to believe and some are not going to believe. Right? So here we find a statement of divine sovereignty. But here's where my emphasis is. Uh, again, here is another statement of human responsibility. Look at verse 37. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now notice, first of all, here we see a proclamation. He said, him that cometh. It's personal. It's personal. You personally must come. We were in a oh, vacation last week and on Wednesday night. We went to the Freedom Baptist Church there in, uh, in, uh, Sevierville, or Pigeon Ford. And, uh, the pastor was really taking, my, uh, he was, he asked all the preachers to come up and make a statement. He didn't know me. I could have been first cousin to Benny Hinn, as far as he knew. But uh, he had all the preachers to come up and testify and say a few words. And two of the preachers before me told of their previous life before they got saved. And some of you could identify that it was a life of uh, alcohol and so on. And I got up and I said, uh, I appreciate these men's testimony, but I don't have that testimony. I've never known a day of being drunk. I had never known a day of drugs and alcohol. I've never known that. I was brought up in church. But I said this, but I was just as lost. And let me tell you, you're not going to heaven on your mom and daddy's religion. It's a personal matter. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Well, here is a proclamation. Him that Comment. It's personal. Then notice the need for a kind of preacher. Why do I need to come to him? Number one, you're a sinner. 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none good, no, not one. There's not a just man on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We are sinners by nature. The Bible says, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. You sin because you are a sinner. It's your nature. And we're not talking about the need for coming. We're sinners by nature. And then we're sinners by practice. It's, it's, our, it's a human nature to just sin. The Bible says that, that in the book of James, uh, that if you, uh, if you broke one of the least of the laws, you are guilty as, you, as if you broke them all. And then we're sinners by choice. That's the need for coming. Then notice the nature of our coming. Uh, the Bible tells us in Acts 20 and verse 21, Repentance toward God. Now, that word's left out in a lot of sermons. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So here is the nature of our coming. There must be repentance. But what's involved in repentance is a being sorry for what you've done. I've sinned. We've sinned to come short of the glory of God. Repentance. It's admitting that we can't save ourselves. It's admitting that our good work can't save us. Well, we've run out of time for the message today, but we do appreciate you being tuned in. And I trust, friend, that if you're not saved, that you will do what the scripture says. He said that he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Friend, I believe that with all of my heart. I encourage you to do that. If you're not saved, if you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, and you come to him and be saved by the good grace of God. I promise you, you'll not be sorry in this life, and certainly not in the life to come. May the Lord bless you till tomorrow, in Jesus' name. Amen.